Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello, hello, hello. Guys, here's what's going on. Dave's birthday. Dave's birthday. Oh, we should have made him come in here and like embarrassed him and sang him a song, but he's very busy doing manager things. Don't have time for his bullshit today. (laughs) So we were in his office shooting the shit and then we're like, oh my God, we got to get to the podcast because now we're half an hour late. So we're going to be a little bit quicker on this one. And, and we're still going to wow you with the amazing shit but that we do every day. If you want to blame anyone, you just blame Dave. It's always for being born today. Dave's fault. Uh, you went for a massage yesterday. New girl, I too. Did. Okay, so my my um, my OG massage therapist, love her to death. Her name's Laura. She's great. But she is, like, hard to get into, and she's decreased her hours, like, by astronomical amounts. So I literally can't even get in until next year to see her. So that's silly. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I need, like, an in-between person, at least, so that uh, in-between visits with her, I can see someone else. So I went to uh, a different place, massage therapist. She was very, very nice. But I found out. I didn't know how to react to this. It was her first day, and I was her first client. First client ever? On her, the first day of the job. Not ever. She had been in Banff, massaging people in Banff at a nice spa there. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, because I just I was like, oh, I was in Banff a little while ago. So she worked there during the summer, because why would you not work in Banff for the summer if you can, I guess? Why not? So then now she's in Waterloo, and she's like, sorry, for, sorry, the room's a mess. It's not the way I wanted, and this and that. And I'm like, are you new? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh. She's like, you're my first client. I'm like, okay. Like, nobody told me this when I booked. Not that that matters, but I'm like, I feel like I'm almost intruding on you trying to, it's like going over to someone's house before the housewarming has even taken place. Eh. And there's just kind of still boxes and things around. And I'm like, okay, cool. But she was lovely. That's a rough way to get baptized into a new massage company is you're the first client. The first one in. You're picky. But she, <laughs> but you she, are. <laughs> she, um, I'm not too picky. She 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 went through like the whole process with me though. You got to. I had to turn my head left and right, and she had to see my range of motion before the whole thing went down. And then after it went down, she checked my range of motion. It was better. She's like, "Oh wow, what a difference!" I'm like, "Really? I don't know." It felt great, but her um her medium. She said, "How do you how do you like it?" <laughs> you know, like really hard. <laughs> I usually ask that question in advance too. How do you like it? Hard or? But but when you but when an RMT has asked me that, and I've been to a few RMT RMTs in my day, and they're all fantastic. But when you ask someone that, sometimes their heart isn't the same hard that somebody else's is. <laughs> You're telling me. You know what I'm saying. You're telling me. So I'm like medium. That you know what I always go me- medium, middle of the road. And if it's too hard, I'll let you know. And if it's not enough, I'll let you know. But I always feel bad doing that. Like I don't know why I feel guilty. So sure enough, her mediums are hard. So she's going in with ironic because the- my heart's a medium. <laughs> one point she's going in on on the elbows on the back like she's doing like the elbow technique to the back thing. yeah and I love that that's great but it was like <sighs> like I don't think I could I, I don't think I took a breath in for like a little while while she was doing it and she noticed she saw me like kind of flinching like am I going to die like this I, can't, I don't know what's going on but anyway she said are is that too much I'm like yeah, maybe a little. She's like, speak up, please. At any time. I know she was getting frustrated with me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I feel bad. She's like, don't. If I'm hurting you, please tell me. I do not wish to hurt you. Uh, but anyway, the massage was great overall. Like, I actually feel it. But I'm going to go back there soon because I was a little overdue and I've got some spots that I need working on. But 
Yeah, it was great. You in the past have said if it's not a 90-minute massage, you don't want it. Yeah. You went for an hour yesterday. I did. Will your second appointment be a 90 with this girl? Yes. Can you handle that much pain? I like <laughs> No, she eased she eased off because she again her medium was harder than the last girl that I had's medium. Like I always went medium with the last with my with my original RMT. But that's she knows me. So it's different. This woman is getting to know me. Uh, so now that she knows and after that fabulous. Yes, I will be booking a 90. Once you go 90, you don't go back. Unless, you're, you're right about that. Unless you're testing a new RMT. In that case, you do go 60, just in case. Because if you really dislike it or you're uncomfortable in the room, or there's a lot of factors. I guess I am kind of picky now thinking about it. Because the room has to be yeah. like a certain temperature for me, too. Oh. I can't do chili. Oh, okay. I went to it's a place. It's amazing <laughs> that you were trying to tell me, no, no, I'm really low maintenance. I'm not Fuck low. I never said low maintenance. But if the room's cold, I can't, like, I can't, I can't relax. It needs to be Kind of like in here. It's freezing right now. I can't relax. I'm very tense. It needs to be like warm. She put a warm blanket on me. Yeah. It was fabulous. Nice. So I was very happy. She spent a little time on your head? She did. Oh, she I did a that. neck. She did a neck and a back of the head. And uh, oh, yeah. One thing I had done at a massage the last time I went, and I go to, um, the hell's it called? It's in Oakville. Uh, they got a nice salt cave, although that's kind of gimmicky, so I only did that once. It's, it's really great. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love going there. That sounds great. But one of the things that they've started doing that I'd never experienced was they make you shimmy down the bed so your head is kind of like hanging off the bed. And then they say, okay, just relax your neck. Then they lift your head up with a towel. <gasps> I've done that. Like the stretch? The stretch. The stretch in your neck? Stretch your neck. Oh, it's great. Oh, my God. It's good, right? I know. Yeah. I, I felt like telling her, you could have warned me first because I... <laughs> I was not ready for how good that was going to feel. Very good. A stretch is like, uh, it, it does wonders. It does wonders. Let's get to a number of different things. Because like I said, we're going to go a little shorter. And that's fine. It's nice outside. You should go yeah, outside and play. You should go outside and play. Because that's exactly <laughs> what participation is telling us, Kat. Participation came out yesterday with a grade for Canadian children. And the grade was F oh, for God, fat. So bad. Canadian children are getting a failing grade from participation for their screen time during the pandemic. The latest report card on physical activity gives children and youth a D for overall physical activity with less than one in three getting the recommended 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per day. Only 18% met the recommended daily cap of two hours of recreational screen mm. time. Did you know that? It's supposed to be a cap of two hours in front of screens in a day. You know what's so funny is I remember reading uh, reading a report, and I'm not even sure it came from participation or any of the other number of, you know, children-based, especially institutes or whatnot. But I remember them saying that they actually increased it during the pandemic screen time. Because for, for a lot of parents, especially in those cold winter months, it was so hard, especially with multiple children, but even with one child, doesn't matter to try to keep them busy and keep them active when it's so cold out. And I'm talking about like minus 40. It's so cold that a lot of places didn't even allow children outside for their recesses and their breaks and things like that to keep them inside and also keep them busy. And I remember uh, at the time they kind of changed their tone a little bit on that and said educational videos, fine, let's, let's you know, whatever, as long as it's centered toward that. I, I hate... I mean, like, to me, it should be about what you said initially, going outside and playing. Physical activity is so important. For me, a balance, now this is me and my house, a balance is important. So yesterday, for example, kids came home from school. It was a nice day, so we were blessed with that. 
And no, there's no screen time happening here. We're going to the park. We're going to play. And kids love playing. Kids love that. Uh, it takes work for adults, I think. And that's where that's where the issue lies, because we have a lot of people working really hard and they're at work. They're up early, first of all, getting those kids ready for the day, uh, whether they go to a child care center, whether they go to school, whatever it is, they get them ready for the day. They drop them off. Then they're working and they work and they work and they work. And then usually it's like, OK, quickly go pick up my children now get home, they're exhausted. And it takes a lot of work, especially for parents with young children, to actually like set up activities and do all that and keep them away from screens because you yourself are exhausted. And a lot of people who maybe don't have dogs that need walking and children that need playing, get the, have the ability to be like, I'm going to decide for myself. I'm going to sit on my ass and I'm going to stream Dahmer until my eyes bleed. Forget it. You can't do that when you have um, these little beings that you got to take care of. You want to do activity. So I do think that's so important for me. You're not touching a screen until we've done an activity that's physical. We read a book or do something like that. God, I would hate living in your house. Why? No, because uh, listen, I don't know what changed. It's a balance though. They do watch stuff. Sure. Of course they watch stuff and it's unreasonable to think that they won't. And you know what they want? There are people that live that way though, that have zero screen time. I know. I I know of them. I I, I can't imagine why you would do that to yourself or your kid to say no screen time. It's unrealistic. But there's also the other extreme, too. I don't understand why parents are are so micromanagey about kids and what they're doing all the time. I'll tell you, when I was younger and back in my day, here here comes the speech. Okay, boomer. But um, Gen X, thank you. Okay. We, uh... I used to go outside and play. I would get up in the morning, I would get dressed, I would have breakfast, and I would go out and play. I'd be home at lunch, and and lunch, we would have like a sandwich or whatever, and then I'd go back out and play until dinner. Yeah. There was no micromanaging, there was no planning, there was really all that had to be done was I had to tell my mom where I was going to be, roughly. And if plans changed, I had to phone her and let her know. Everybody today is all very helicoptery over their kids. Like, I need to know where they are, and they got to stay in my yard, or they can go to the park across the street, but I got to be able to see them. And whatever happened to be home when the streetlights come on? What happened to that? Why can't you just send your kids out to play now? Why does everybody have to be over top of their kids watching and supervising at every possible I second? I mean, I don't see that a lot for kids that are of age. Like, I mean, m- my kids are both under five, so I'm going to go with them to the park, and Younger it's, it's, I can't even see. Yeah. But I see what you mean over the age of like 10. I don't. I actually don't see a lot of that in my own neighborhood. There's a lot of kids that go to that park that I speak of that are 8, 9, 10 years old that are going by themselves, that aren't going, that aren't really helicoptery. But there are a lot of helicoptery people. Oh Absolutely. My God, there are. But those are also the people that, I mean, they, they fear the worst, right? They hear stories of kids being, you know, taken uh, as one example of many or their kids being hurt. And how do they know? The kids aren't old enough oh. for a cell phone yet. So, so yes, I, I hear and what you're saying. They never were in the past either. So I, I, I don't understand that personally, but that's a topic for but, another day is how wait. parents have changed. But hang on a second. That's the thing. So what are you saying when you say in my day I did all this? How does that have anything to do like, do you suggest that people aren't allowing their kids to play and that's the reason why we have this F grade? Like, wh- how are you tying that into what you just said? Uh, it's it's in the house, lack of supervision. Just uh, put the TV on, put as the, long put as the you, oh, so console staying on. The, people yeah. Are, yeah. Screen babysits, but then when they go outside, everybody's all protective and helicoptery, and I don't understand it. I think it should oh. be completely the other way around. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know helicopter people. I do, absolutely. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of people like that, though, lately. It's getting worse. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it. Maybe it is. I'm not sure.
But what I will say is I think that balance is important in a house. Just when going back to this study, which is what we're talking about, is that I think that a balance is important. So yes, doing all those things are important for your kid in their age, within their age group. So hey, yes, you're absolutely going to play. Let's go. Let's play outside. Let's play in the backyard. Let's play at the park. Um, or you know what? If it's a rainy day, let's figure out an activity to do instead to get you know your mind moving for a bit before we just sit you down in front of a whatever iPad, television, game, whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with doing all those things. But I think finding balance is important too, depending on the day. Like for me, if my kid comes home and I know that she's had a full day of school, she's learning things, she's coming home with a book she wants to read before bed, and I'm in the mood to not do a, set up an activity or do anything, and she's in the mood to watch a whatever odd squad on Netflix. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. So, but again, like physical activity, if that's what we're talking about, it yeah, is. we need to do more of that. We need to do more of that with, with our kids. I, I don't think we see it enough. Absolutely. Participation has lowered the bar. They're saying now that your kids should at least just go out and play. They're not saying it yeah. needs to be rigorous or vigorous exercise. Play chalk on the, the driveway. <laughs> literally do anything outside. So you get the fresh air, you get the vitamin D, and mm-hmm. once you're outside, you'll become more active. The problem is not a lot of kids like to just go outside and play. They can't just go and think, a stick. I could play a whole game for hours with this stick. They don't think like that anymore. Whereas uh, we my just... kid actually literally played with a stick for 20 minutes yesterday oh, actually, okay. against well, a tree. Great exception. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and COVID screwed them up a lot, right? Like we, we did screw them up so badly with what happened there for a couple of years, especially with all the school starts and stops. And now it's evolving into a college and university thing. We knew about the craziness of the mandates at Western University in London. Well, now London's college has stepped up. The faculty, faculty at Fanshawe College in London have filed a group union grievance calling on the college to reinstate the mandatory indoor mask policy. Opsu Local 110, who doesn't sound crazy at all, says the college is failing to provide a safe work environment by lifting mask requirements. The union says the move, along with the abandonment of social distancing and other preventative measures to protect against COVID, has created an unsafe environment and members are concerned for their health. Here's my question to you. Who in their right mind would go to this school knowing that that faculty that's demanding that their workplace is unsafe is teaching their kids? I wouldn't send my kid there. Not a fucking chance would I do that. These people in charge of higher education demanding a return to masking indoors. And I'm thinking, how the hell can you call yourself a post-secondary professor with wildly outdated views like this? It's craziness. Listen, faculty at Fanshawe, we've moved on. The world has moved on. You know who really wants to move on? Your students. You guys doing this is nothing more than union bullshit. And I don't know if you're angling to work from home again or get some sort of a danger pay or what it is, but this is not authentic. Don't tell me that your professors are fearing for their lives to go into a into the building and there's no other ulterior motive here. Don't tell me that because I don't believe you. It's a lie. If they are truly worried, Tell them to wear a mask. Forcing it on other people, those days are done. We have to worry about hurricanes now. That's the new trendy thing for the end of 2022. And in Florida, they just got hit by Hurricane Ian. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, well, every time he does a news conference, I stop and watch it because he's full of great lines. And yesterday, he said, in surveying the damage, we will not tolerate looting. That's become a problem there. 
Mm-hmm. The looting's a huge problem because, hey, businesses are destroyed, people lost their homes, and there's other people who either lost things or just see an opportunity to be an asshole that are going and stealing that shit. It's just terrible. Like, how, what kind of, an, like, it really takes a bad person to do that. Oh, my God. Imagine looting that area. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Well, yesterday, uh, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, said we will not tolerate looting, and he said Floridians can use the Florida state law, stand your ground. That law means if you encounter looters on your property, you can use deadly force against those thieves. Deadly force. You can stand your ground. Kill someone who tries to grab your whatever at your house. If you're packing, and I have to assume the majority of people in Florida are. And somebody is uh, somebody rolls up on, on your property and eh, it's a little damaged up from the storm, but maybe they go into your garage or your shed and they start taking shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my advice to you would be warn them to leave first. But sure, if they don't, sure. Florida stand your ground law means, yeah, you can do what you have to do to protect your property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why what would, a difference between there and here. Why would you loot in that area? Like, you're, like you said, like why, why would you do that? Well, what a great deterrent. The governor's saying, hey, yeah. listen, don't worry about the cops. You got to worry about the homeowners or the store owners or the business mm-hmm. owner. Because if they catch you on their property stealing shit, they're going to get you. It's going to be a shoot first, ask questions later kind of deal. Is it really worth getting shot for? Nope. I think a lot of people are going to say, no, it's nope. not worth it. So, hey, maybe he's onto something by doing it. They have the law. He's just reminding people that it's there. And yeah, go ahead and use it if people are being assholes. Cat last night, history was made. Here's the 1-1. One, one. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run, the most home runs any American <laughs> leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. <laughs> they this take, is they take that straight from the Field of Dreams soundtrack. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's good like for they him. produced a whole score for this home run. <laughs> Honest to goodness. They were waiting for it like, oh, no. Any game now. Good Any for him. Game. That is, hey, that's good for him. Anytime an athlete can break a record, especially like a years-long record, uh, that's cool. Uh, cool. Did anyone catch that ball? Somebody did. Yeah, good for you. He's wealthy, too. Oh, no He's shit. fucking loaded. I'm jealous. He's got a lot of I'm money as it is. jealous. So last night, as the home run was going, we talked about it in Toronto. The Toronto person mm-hmm. could have had that ball. Yeah, like, so close. Reach your arm out so a little close. further, and you've got the ball that tied the record. Right. But the one that breaks the record, that one could even be more valuable. I think so, too. It, it likely will be. So a fan sitting in left field, waiting for that home run to come, finally judges at bat, crack, big one. He pounded it to left field. This guy is like the opposite of the Toronto people. This guy, as soon as that ball left the bat, basically jumped into the bullpen below where he's not supposed to be, still figuring that I'm not supposed to be there. But if I catch the ball, it's my ball. 
I'll probably get thrown out right after, but it's my ball. He jumps down to the bullpen. The ball didn't drop in the bullpen. It actually made it to the stands. He should have stayed where he was. Ah, <laughs> did he get kicked out? Yeah, he did, yeah, actually. Sure he he did. got kicked out. Uh, either way, hey, good effort, though. I applaud that. Leave it all on the line. Sure. Sacrifice it for the ball. It could, it, it could have been worth the risk. He didn't know at the time. Yesterday, as we were recording, I didn't realize, but our Ontario Energy Minister, Todd Smith, was unveiling a new plan, Kat. Mm-hmm. It's about hydro. We have a problem. We have not any new power generation sources coming online or nothing substantial. But we keep using more and more hydro. And as our summers get hotter. And more and more houses are being built right now. More homes are being Mm -hmm, built. mm -hmm. And as more and more people purchase EVs and hybrids and they all need to charge, mainly overnight, we're getting to a point where during peak periods, it's possible we may not have enough hydro to go around. It's also possible that with people typically home at night, and that's when they'll charge up their car, the peak period as we know it during the day between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. may actually shift. We may be in peak period all the time Mm -hmm. with all those cars that are charging up overnight and hundreds more coming on board every day that all need to charge. So the government is anticipating a problem here, and they're saying, all right, we're going to pay you to use less hydro. So the idea is not necessarily a new one. I was not even aware of this until just recently. But you know those offers where they'll say, hey, through your hydro company, you can get a free smart thermostat. Just sign these papers and we'll send it to you. I always thought that when they did that, it was just because it was a promo. Lots of companies do promos to promote themselves. I just assumed that's what it was. No. The fine print in most of those offers is that They can control the thermostat remotely. So it's your home. They gave you the thermostat, but you don't control the thermostat. Not all the time. They can override you. And now Ontario wants to do the same thing. So you would get paid. It would be a monthly check or a monthly discount off your bill if you agree to allow our Ontario hydro companies to control your thermostat. They haven't said how much yet, but it's going to have to be tangible, I would think, for people to opt into this. The question is, when we get summers like we get in Ontario now, where it's 40 degrees with the humidity, are you willing to let some jobber at Hydro One (laughs) control your thermostat? This has to come with more details in terms of, is there a cap? That's what I'd want to know. You know what? Cap me. At a certain amount in terms of degrees. But no, I mean, to answer your question, just hearing this information, the answer is no. It's hard to cap at a certain number of degrees because everybody's house is a different size and they have different size uh, uh, air conditioners and so on and so forth. You can't just say uh, 73 is your cap. They'll just plain shut it off. And and they're only going to oh, do it when God. demand is high. Yeah, no, so no. If, if they put... If they say, all right, this person has opted in, we'll start paying them now, but we're going to shut off their their thermostat, they won't be able to ch- adjust it. Only we can control it, and we're saying no AC for you for eight hours. That is, like, so, there's going to be a, such a small percentage of the population that's going to agree to that. There's not a lot of people that are saying, yeah, come on into my house. When you change the th- When you change that temperature in your own house, there's a fight, right? There's going to be a fight. Because it's noticeable. One degree is noticeable. It is noticeable, especially when you're used to your temperature. And I don't have, like for me, for example, I I don't actually like it too cold. Um, 
in the in the hot summer heat, whatever the temperature is, let's say it is almost forty degrees with humidity. Mine's sitting at seventy two at the low at, at at the lowest. Seventy two at the lowest is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm right there with you, yeah. but that's just me being cheap. The, see, and I'm not necessarily like that. To me, is comfort. I'm comfortable there, but I get cold. I get cold very easily, so I don't want it too cold. I don't want. I don't even like the thought of it moving. And I, our family at least, is used to it at that at this point. We haven't fought about that yet. But my kids aren't old enough to reach it. But I don't feel like comfortable with someone controlling it from the outside. Especially like you said, considering all houses are different sizes, we know that certain houses take a lot longer to heat up or cool down than others do. Um, age of the home is a factor in that. You know. Um, Quality of windows is a factor in that. There are so many factors yep. as to why it takes people a lot more energy to heat or cool their homes than others. So how do I know that, you know, Josh Pinkerton over at Hydro One knows shit all about my house and what it actually takes to heat or cool it up? I don't. So no. I don't want them to have any access to yeah, inside none, my home at all. None. In fact, if you think about it, it's kind of fucked up. It is kind that of somebody up, yeah. in an office on Bay Street in Toronto can control your thermostat in Sault Ste. Marie. That's messed up. The fact that you're going to give the government power to do that, well, the hydro executives, the government by extension, I I don't know about that one. But will people do it? If they get paid, they will. Hell, people are doing it all across America just to get a free thermostat. They're only $200. We're actually going to pay you. Yeah. If we can control your thermostat, we need to conserve. We have to do it sure. totally yes. unless we can invent some brand new way to generate a lot of hydro cleanly and quickly. Well, this is why this is and it's going to get more expensive. I think everybody knows that hydro bills are going to get more expensive for all the reasons you mentioned off the top of this conversation. For the fact that a lot of people are getting electric cars, they're charging their vehicles all during those peak times. Um, more houses are being built there's not enough being built up to help us with that. So they're going to have no choice but to deter people and and to deter people from using energy. What do you do? You make it twice the price. I wouldn't be shocked if it's twice the price. If it's like the grocery store now that we're talking about, those prices, they're going to be impacted in hydro. And there's a lot of people paying stupid amounts for hydro as it is. So I couldn't even imagine what those bills are going to look like in five to 10 years. Plenty of fish. I don't know a single ah. person that's on Plenty of Fish. Currently, no, but I did know friends that were on Plenty of Fish at one point. Is it still mainly older people on Plenty of I Fish? Because I thought Tinder was the younger version and Plenty of Fish was like older people. You know what? I think it was at one point, but I mean, they all have apps now and access. And if you have no luck on one, I think you just kind of like dating app hop to the other one, don't you? They've labeled a whole bunch of what they say are things or trends that are emerging on the dating scene. And they're giving them a name so that we can all identify and know what we're talking about if somebody uses one of these terms. Are you ready to learn six new dating terms? Yes, please. I probably know none of them. Main character energy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that one's like self-explanatory. Focusing on yourself instead of wasting time on people who don't need your meet or don't meet your needs or standards. Okay. Yeah, putting yourself first is what that's also called. Eco dumping. I think we could come up with a better name, but that's dating or not dating someone based on how environmentally conscious they Uh, are or are not. One in five singles say they know someone who dumped someone else because of their views on climate change or on the environment not aligning. Wow. I'll give you a prime example. (gasps) I, I was on a date with a girl. Okay. And, and she had a pop can. Yeah. She put it in the garbage. (gasps) 
I was outraged. Screw that. I was like, what the fuck? Really? Do you guys not recycle in this building? Like, oh, no, we do. But it all goes like there's a couple shoots over there and just, I don't know. They'll all oh, end up in the right far? place. No, it was in the same fucking room. <laughs> like there was a shoot for recycling and a shoot for garbage. Yeah, that's like a turnoff to me. That or a litter bug, for example. Like if I was out with someone and then they just like threw their garbage out the window. Oh, no. Like, no. Not happening, So I right? guess, I guess, yeah, that, that one makes sense for me. Heat doming. That's dating someone specifically for their household amenities, uh, basically to mooch off of their air conditioning. Or, oh, I'm going to keep dating them because they've got a pool. Or, mm-hmm. I don't have Wi-Fi in my condo. They have Wi-Fi. I'm going to go over there. Or, their bed is crazy comfortable. Or, they've got a towel warmer or a toilet good seat warmer. cook and they always have food at the ready and all those things. Yeah, okay, I can see that. What's that called again? Say that again. Heat doming. Heat doming. Yeah. Hey, why pay for air conditioning yeah. when you can date somebody right. that's got air conditioning and you keep your bill down? <laughs> yeah, the hydro company wants to change my thermostat. Fuck that. I'll live with you. Infladating. This is a play on inflation. It's going on many less expensive dates because of inflation and the current economic environment. Mm-hmm. In other words... You're trying to save a little bit of dough. Yeah, I can't blame you. I don't blame anybody for doing that. Going for coffee instead of lunch could be one of those ways to do it. I'm in a committed relationship and I am (laughs) infladating. I think a lot of people are. (laughs) James Webbing. James Webb. Okay. That's a telescope. Telescope. Yeah, Yeah. James Webbing. Okay, explain this one. This one is stupid. It's deciding to date someone after seeing them through a different lens. You know, like... NASA is giving us a better, more clear look. Okay, look, I'm not opposed to that, like to the actual definition of it, because a lot of people pass up a good person for dumb reasons, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of taking a look at a different, like they say, in a different lens. I suppose that's one way to look at it. But when you look at someone a little differently, like, okay, maybe you and I don't have the same taste in music. Uh, Maybe we don't agree on the movie. But man, you would make a great, you know, parent to a child one day hey you know what you are hardworking and all the other things that i want that kind of thing i guess last one is only plans oh no that's repeatedly planning dates with someone but never actually going <laughs> on a date with them <laughs> well don't we all have friends that do only plans too <laughs> no 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 we will catch up we will do that we will we'll, we'll go for lunch <laughs> tell me you know what just text me your schedule next week <laughs> why not this week like what do you mean text it next week oh the week after is like text it next week Only Um, plans. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do lunch. Only plans. Uh, While we're talking about this, a woman in America has launched a new website, and she thinks she's going to get rich off of this one. It's being promoted as a trip advisor for relationships. Mm. Hey, when you're going to go on a trip, and maybe it's not TripAdvisor anymore because I think Google reviews have basically become the universal standard. But people used to go on TripAdvisor, and they would rate, hey, I went to this resort in, in... Santo Domingo, and I stayed at this hotel, and the food was okay, but the staff was great. And you've read those reviews, and a lot of people still read them before they go to Mm -hmm. different places. Imagine you could do that for a person you might go on a date with. Well, this woman, who had gone out with a few suckers, or a few dogs, a Mm -hmm. few assholes, a few... I'm I'm guessing she didn't like any of them, because she created this. But you can rate these guys... So that when other women want to go out with them, they can read the reviews. Just like if you were going to purchase something. So how do you post this information? So I go out on a date with some guy, uh, me and Jack Smith. And you know what? He was rude to the server. He, um, whatever, he didn't offer me a ride home. He was terrible. It was terrible. 
what do I do? How do I get a photo of him and take his information? Is that basically what this is? Is like profile? Do I screenshot the dating app that I found him on? Or do I just put in his information? Like Jack Smith, you know, he's 29. He took me out on a date here. It was terrible. Like, yeah. how does that work? Is yeah. that basically That's it? basically it. You just say who the guy is. And you don't have to give a whole ton of information, but there's got to be something. You could even go with a oh. cat from Kitchener. I went out with her and fuck, she is very, very chatty. Yeah, she doesn't shut the fuck up. (laughs) I don't like that. I mean, I don't like that. I've always said, though, we've talked about dating apps before. We're just talking about plenty of fish. And I've said before in it that I think that you should be able to be rated in those apps. So if you're on a dating platform, you're on Tinder, you're on plenty of fish, you're on any number of them. After you go out on a date, you should be rated, I think, just because it's interesting for you to know as the person searching for someone Hey, oh, 96 reviews. How many people have you been through, right? See, there's too much information being given out there. Yeah, uh. see, but I'm okay with that. I think it's okay within dating apps. But this standalone, like, website this person's trying to do, like a Facebook for how your date went, I don't like that at all. I don't even understand how you're allowed to do that and give out someone's informa- personal information, I assume, along with it. I don't, I don't like the sounds of that, but I'm totally okay with inside an app, you having the ability to do it. I'm on it now. One woman describes a former partner who lives in Vancouver, who she claims is a, and I quote, serial cheater and is also, and I quote, really bad in bed. Oh no. He is my ex-boyfriend and he is a cheater. He will cheat on you (laughs) because he is a habitual cheater. Okay. He is also, in my opinion, really bad in bed. I've never had it so bad as I did when I was dating this guy. Just avoid dating him. He's not worth your time. Trust me. So let's say that review was on Tinder. Mm -hmm. Somebody's written that, and, and you can't do anything about it. Once the review's written, you can't change it. Even if their version of the story is bullshit, it's out there. Would you still keep talking to this guy? Would you give him a chance? Would you go out with this guy knowing the lived experience of this woman who calls him really bad in bed and a habitual cheater? Yeah. See, I mean, we know petty people exist. And I think anyone with common sense who's on the app would know, hey, some people are petty. Is that what everyone, is that a consensus across the board? Are there three reviews that look the exact same? Yeah, I would absolutely take that as as a red flag and I'd probably move along. There's a chance that I might give it a date just to see what happens. I I mean, everyone's going to be different here. There's so much truth to one person's trash is another person's treasure as well. So... (laughs) Stop calling your ex trash. Can we... (laughs) Like, in general, just as a societal thing, it didn't work out. Can we just leave it at it didn't work out, not their trash well, or anything like that? Okay, we could say it in a lot of different words, but I'm going to go with trash is an, might be another person's <laughs> treasure. Uh, but we all know that, right? Like, just because for, for one person, they might be seeking someone who's adventurous, wants to travel a lot, you know, has wild stories, likes to drink. And then someone comes along, very reserved, likes to stay in one spot, wants to, you know, settle down and have kids, not into traveling, doesn't drink, not into any of that. Uh, yeah, you, those two people are going to have a completely different review on people. So, but I think, like, we're talking about, like, wild, out of, like, serial cheater type shit. That's interesting to know. Hey, let's keep our eye on that if we start dating that person. 
again, I, I see nothing wrong with it. I don't think there'd be too many people that would go out of their way to give a shitty review but just because they're petty. Now, maybe I'm wrong because I'm not on the dating app. So correct me for sure, guys. If I'm wrong, you can DM me or something and tell me your experience with it or what you think about it. Maybe if you're on an app now, tell us what you think about it. You can DM either of us because I'm curious if I'm the only one who thinks that might be a good idea. I think if I was doing that right now, if I was dating, yeah, I wouldn't mind just like perusing some reviews every now and again. Or if they have no review, hey, that's interesting. Do you not go on many dates? Are you just here to look and you're not going to go out with anybody? Like, tell me a little bit about that. The other person should be able to confirm they went on a date though. It's almost like Kijiji now. With Kijiji, you post an item. Hey, this water bottle is for sale. It's $5. Someone messages me, I want the water bottle. Great. Porch pickup, $5. Leave it under the mat. Transaction's done. Kijiji will ask you, did this person purchase your item? And it will be a message that came up. Yep, that person came and picked it up. Then you're prompted. The person who picked it up is prompted. Give this person a rating. How did Kat do selling this water bottle? Was she... Uh, did she reply to you in a timely manner? Was she pleasant to deal with? Was the water bottle exactly how it, how it was supposed to be? That's what I'd like to see. Did you go out on a date with John Black? How was the date? Did he what, did look he like have his manners? profile picture? Did he look like his profile photo? Was there anything, anything surprising to it? How would you rate him out of five stars, etc.? Mind you, if you find a gem on there, you don't want to tell people they're a gem. Like, why would you want to throw someone five stars if you want to keep dating them? Like... Don't let other people know this guy's fucking great. See, and here's where we're playing fucking See, games now. I, this, this I'm is talking the myself out of it now. You were such a good date that I'm going to give you a shitty review so no one else can <laughs> enjoy that beautiful penis except for me. You know? Like shit. What are we doing here? You're right. Maybe I'm talking myself out of it. Last question. Last one. New poll is out. And they do these, these I, I feel like every couple of years, because they want to know how much our attitudes and our opinions are changing. And it's on a topic that I think everyone has an opinion on. Extraterrestrial life. Is it out there? Have we been visited? Are they here now? So just for context, I looked up the last time they did an in-depth on this one. Okay. It was back in 1996. Okay, times they were a different... I think X-Files was on at the time, actually. Brand new episodes on Fox. 20% of people believe that aliens were responsible for those UFO sightings that Mm -hmm. had been popping up. Okay. 51% believed there was a natural scientific explanation and 29% weren't sure. 80% basically were leaning towards there's no extraterrestrial life. Only one in five were sure. The new poll says... 57% believe aliens definitely or probably exist. Yes, you do. 19% more aren't sure but are thinking that way. Only one in four do not believe in aliens. And my question to you is, if you're part of that one in four, what more do you need? They're everywhere. There are so many accounts online where you can actually watch these videos that people have shot around the world. And some of it, there is no scientific explanation. It's remarkable that our parents were so gullible that when the Pentagon came out and said, yeah, that was a weather balloon. We just thought, oh, yeah. well, fuck, it's a weather yeah. balloon. I mean, what more proof do you it need? It wasn't a goddamn the, weather the, balloon. The government even confirmed this. The government even confirmed the sightings that had happened from their own pilots and what they saw. And they put out a report. If at this stage in the game right now, you don't think something's out there, uh, when they come, I want to see the look on your face. 
I want to see that look on your face. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions that people who took the survey were asked. When we do finally establish contact with that extraterrestrial life cat, will they be more technologically advanced than humans or less? More. Only 44% say they will be far more technologically advanced than humans. The rest think either the same or not even as smart as we are. But that doesn't make sense because they made their way to our planet and they're clearly not living on any of the planets that we know of. Christopher Columbus found America by accident. I mean, I don't know that they were necessarily looking for us. They oh, could they have keep, just been lost. They, they, they keep coming back. They know exactly where they're coming every single time. What do you think they want? Is it like the, know, the uranium? Man. Do they want the fresh water? I don't, I don't know. Like, do they just like watching? Like, maybe, maybe they, they like just to like watch. watch. Like, some people like to watch. Get a load of these fucking people. Yeah. Like, I think they call themselves people. Look at this shit. We're quite the show to watch sometimes. Okay. Do you believe they come in peace or that they're hostile? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hope for peace. And, and so far, considering... They potentially have the opportunity to harm us when they do come and hover over us. They haven't done anything. So I'm going to say, <laughs> peace. If they're listening, please come in peace. Points to that cat chick. She gave <laughs> us the benefit of the doubt. 11% believe they come in peace. Mm. 9% believe they're hostile. Okay. 80% aren't sure. Yeah. And I I'm mean, in that too. I have no idea not? what they want. We have no idea. They could be after the water. Maybe they just want Aaron Judge. I don't know. Like, yeah. serve them up. Here you go. Take them and fuck off. Yeah. Leave us alone. I don't know what they want, but they are apparently coming here fairly regularly. It wouldn't be surprising if they wanted to be friends with Elon Musk or something. Like, I could totally buy that. He might be one of them. I think so. It's possible. Hey, it's possible. Do you think they look like what we think they look like in the movies? When you see a depiction of an oh, alien, man. they're all roughly the same with a weird looking head or a messed up schnoz. And <laughs> huge eyes. Huge eyes, yeah. Do you think they look like that or do you think it's something completely different? Maybe that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, I mean, God, it could be anything. Yeah, I mean, I think it might be close. The The reason why we initially had that view of what an alien looked like was based on those crazies that you mentioned that happened back in the 50s, 60s, earlier than that. But like, like the 50s, 60s, for example, when people thought that they were nuts alien sightings and they would describe what they saw those who had claimed to be abducted that was kind of the image that they gave of those aliens so if we know now what we know and we didn't know then then perhaps those crazies who actually did get a chance to see the aliens up close knew exactly what they were talking about and then we since then captured this image of an alien and it's been around for a long time i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking it could be close to what we perceived aliens to look like because of those reports from the crazies. I think you're exactly right. I think they do look just yeah. like that. And I don't think it's a fluke that we have an idea of what they look like. Yeah. There's people out there who know. And that just carried on through the years. I think that we all adapt to our, our setting that we live in. Now, we look like we look because here on Earth, we need things like opposable thumbs. We need two legs yeah. and two arms. It's we, an evolution. It's evolutionary, right? And we're still changing. Yep. They're the same way. I don't know what kind of shit they've got on their planet. Maybe they don't breathe oxygen. Maybe they breathe CO2. Yeah. If they need some, we got lots of it that we'd love to get rid of. <laughs> Do you have any do you have any gasoline on your planet? Because boy, oh boy, I could use some that's not expensive right now. I want to introduce you to our Saudi friends here from OPEC. Your new besties. Uh, guys, we have some really, really, really exciting news that we're gonna be sharing about us. 
And and that's going to happen at some point next week. Just wanted to give you a heads up that we've been working on something and it's really, really neat. And, and we can't tell you much other than it's really neat and it's coming soon. <laughs> and it's been a while in the making. Yeah. It's been a while in the making. So we're finally going to uh, take a big step forward and we're going to tell you all the details about that right here next week on After 9. In the meantime, we'll have a brand new episode tomorrow, another one on Friday, and then we're into the long weekend. That's right. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Snoop Dogg is launching a THC version of Funyuns. (laughs) It's a great idea. Hopefully, this will finally get stoners to eat Funyuns. Peloton announced a new partnership with Hilton to put exercise bikes in more than... 5,400 hotels across the country. Not to be outdone, Days In announced towels. Well, here's some big news. After months of trying to back out of the deal, Elon Musk just told Twitter that he's now ready to buy the company for his original offer of $44 billion. To break it down in in Twitter terms, the deal was followed, blocked, then unblocked. Okay, just In a recent interview, country singer Shania Twain said that she wants to collaborate with Harry Styles in the future. Hey, so do we, said the rest of One Direction. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.